Over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. It's time for the Chicago Blackhawks postgame show on the Blackhawks Radio Network. Here's Joe Brand. Okay, so hear me out. The Blackhawks aren't going to win every single game this year. But if this preseason game was a glimpse of what the season will look like, a lot of great flashes of offense, a competitive game, and the young star performing when the competition gets its toughest, it's going to be a fun, fun 2023-2024 season. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. You're listening to 720 WGN as we recap a 2-1 overtime winner for the Chicago Blackhawks over the St. Louis Blues in their first preseason game, the first go-around here at the United Center, and a whole bunch of fun here in the Madhouse on Madison. Let's head on up to the radio booth and bring in our pal Troy Murray, who's been breaking the game down with John Weideman. And Troy, we saw the kid perform two points in tonight's game. He didn't get a goal, but he had a couple of opportunities. And like we were saying in the first intermission break, just as much as he's able to score a goal, he's able to set up one of his teammates, and he did so twice tonight. Yeah, the first one was kind of a scramble. I didn't really get a, a good look at uh, you know what type of player, what he had in mind, and, and it was Kurashev who kind of picked the loose puck out of the pile. But the good thing is, is he's standing in front of the net, creating that havoc. And then the second uh, in overtime, second assist in overtime, just a beautiful saucer pass into an area where Athanasiu could skate into it, use his speed. He finishes it off, and Connor Bedard in his first game, I, I would say he's got to be pretty excited about it. I, I just think a lot of positives to pull from this game, and again, small sample size, it's the first preseason game. But we saw a lot of people who have been brought in this year for different roles, basically serve their roles. Connor Bedard did what he did offensively. Corey Perry showed his physicality. Uh, Kevin Korczynski played a great game defensively and also shot the puck a lot. We saw a lot of shots from Seth Jones as well. It's it's great to see all of that happening so quickly. Again, small sample size first game, but off to a great start, if you ask me. Yeah, I I liked what... what uh, Felino and Perry brought to the table, and, and it's something you're going to see all season long, the accountability of the opposition in what you do on the ice. And, and I think that's so important, especially when you have some young guys and you're trying to teach them how to play the game and to understand the game that, um, you know, it's all about protecting your teammates. It's all about sticking together. And that's what Felino and, and Corey Perry will bring to the table. They're, you know, they're, they're going to play an important role. Maybe it's not uh, offensively, but in the big picture, those two guys are, are going to be counted on heavily inside the locker room. Felino is, is much more vocal than Corey Perry is, but you know, don't downplay the fact that Corey Perry is more involved in the game than basically anybody that Luke Richardson has ever seen game to game and, and throughout the entire game, always engaged in the action and always involved in, in talking and everything. And that's important for these young guys to see and, and learn from those type of guys. So, you know, I, I know what Seth Jones can can do. I know what Connor Murphy can do. And But, you know, you looked at Kaiser, Korchinski, Falasic, Nolan Allen, the other four guys on the blue line, I thought they played really well. I, you know, Kaiser is a, is a is a very confident type of player, and I think that he's going to be a solid player in the top six. I don't know where the matchups are going to be, 
Um, you know, Korczynski, I, I thought, showed some great flashes of the skill and the speed that he has when he's out there on the ice. The decisions that he has to make are, are something that he's going to learn moving forward, when to, you know, pressure, when to stay back, when to defend, when to play on the offense. You know, those will, those will kind of come along at, at, at the right speed. And how quickly he adapts to the NHL level is, is really important as far as where his pro- progression, progression is going to be with the team and I, I thought that you know Vlasic steady on the blue line there you love 6-6 he kind of got in the face of Nick Ritchie at the end there and that's good to see as well and I, I thought there was a lot of good things that uh, we saw here tonight and how about this we haven't even mentioned Drew Comesso's name yeah I mean he was the goaltending for the Hawks was fantastic Comesso came in there and Mrazek really wasn't tested I don't know what what, what did Mrazek have six shots yeah, it was it was well it was eleven to four by the first period and then yeah, he did the he first half of the second period. Five. So five total did I hear John yep. chiming in? Yeah, but John's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he hit he had eight shots. Okay, okay. So each <laughs> I'm glad we got our numbers, guys, here. Uh, so eight shots. So then that would, as I do math on the air, um, that's 17, 16 saves for Drew Comesso because one did get through. Not really his fault, a three-on-two. But uh, he had the big save uh, in the third period, early in the third period, where he just read a one-timer perfectly. All that preparation that he had with taking on the same diet as Andre Vasilevsky, working out with Jeremy Swayman every day during the offseason seems to have already paid off. I mean, it, it seems like this kid is just trying to become ready physically and mentally to be an NHL goaltender. And he's he's going to follow along with the progression. He's going to follow the path how he needs to. But he's trying to make sure everything that he can control <laughs> to be at the NHL level. Listen, what he was doing this summer, I, I was I was coming home at five thirty when when he was getting up to to have his breakfast because he wanted to have small meals during the day and getting up at five thirty, working out, having another meal, working out. Um, you know, two two yoga sessions, I think. <laughs> Yoga in the morning and yeah. yoga at night. Yeah, you know what? I, I had yoga with, with berries sometimes. <laughs> oh, that's, sorry, yogurt. I, I don't know what yoga is. You, you a fruit at the bottom kind of guy? You, you mix it up? <laughs> no, but it's a different game. And you, you got to give Drew Comesso a lot of credit for, for really, like you say, doing everything that he can to put himself in a position to succeed, to look at the diet of, of Vasilevsky, to look at what... Uh, uh, Jeremy Swayman was was doing with him and and helping him as far as like his positioning of his glove and just you know the way that he comes in he he just has a confidence level that you know he believes in himself he he believes that I've put in the work here and and I'm going to be a good goaltender I could be a great goaltender and you know he just has that kind of demeanor about him and I love what I I've seen from Soderblom as well I mean he he is a guy that you know hey I I want to be the guy here and I you know so this is going to be real interesting how the goaltending pitcher you know pans out here Stauber as John mentioned on the broadcast uh, had the best numbers of anybody last year when he came up and played you know can can he continue that and and be consistent uh, this season it's going to be interesting to see what happened but what a great performance by you know Comesso in the second half of this game yeah, no, that's a great point. I mean, Comesso is actually further down in the goalie depth chart with Jackson Stauber and Arvid Soderblom and, and Peter Mrazek. It's it's probably going to be more of Mrazek and Soderblom this year. Uh, by the way, you're listening to Blackhawks postgame show on 720 WG and a 2-1 overtime winner over the St. Louis Blues. 
Connor Bedard feeding Andreas Athanasiu for the game winner. He's Troy Murray. I'm Joe Brand. Uh, Troy, I really want to talk about what Corey Perry did today. We knew that that's what he was brought in for. We knew we were going to see that. But just how quickly he was to defend Martin Misiak, and I feel like that's got to feed into the other young guys on the team, just feeling a little bit more confident, being able to, to take an, an extra chance here or there, knowing that they've got that guy on the ice with them to defend them. Yeah, and you know, for Corey Perry, he's 38 years of age. I mean, he's got nothing to prove in a preseason game, but he also understands what, a, what makes a good team and what makes a close team. And a close team is, is developed by the trust with inside that locker room. And what Corey Perry did, what Felino did, those two veteran players, you know, certainly don't have to be in that position. Felino at 35, and I mentioned Corey at 38. You know, they could kind of float through this preseason and get themselves ready. But both guys, no hesitation in jumping in to make sure that, uh, um, you know, the opposition team was held accountable for their actions there. And, and that's exactly what you see. And these young guys, I mean, they say, man, hey, a guy who's been around the league and has done as much as these two guys, if they can are still doing it and still willing to do it, man, they, we really got to step up and notice that kind of thing. So, yeah, that, that goes a long way inside the locker room. Corey Perry, Nick Foligno, and Taylor Hall were all guys that were brought in from the outside into the Blackhawks organization, brought in as leaders. Uh, later on in the postgame show, I do want to play some sound from Alex Vlasic talking about how those outside voices are so instrumental for a young core. And uh, Alex Vlasic even mentioning that he feels more comfortable being vocal because guys like Taves and Kane aren't in the locker room anymore who you know, maybe are a little too intimidating because he knows their prestige in a Blackhawks uh, uniform. We'll, we'll get to that later. We're also hoping to hear from Nick Lardis. He's going to be our postgame guest. Um, but, Troy, I, I kind of want to talk about the line configurations. Um, Taylor Hall, Ryan Donato, Connor Bedard uh, being the main line. Lucas Reichel, Andreas Athanasiu, and Philip Kurashev are, are going to be probably the two most focused lines that, that will be putting most of our attention on at the beginning of the year because um, that's kind of the main makeup of the offense. Any first thoughts of how those trios look tonight? Well, I, I think that the one player that can be in a position to rotate out of the, that top six um, is Ryan Donato. You've got uh, you know Tyler Johnson, you've got um, uh, Taylor Radish, who had an excellent season last year, maybe ready for the next step, a big winner with a winger with the big shot. Um, I like the mix. I mean, you know, it's the first game you, you practice and it, you get a good feel of what you can do with each other during practice. But at the same time, when you get into the games, you know, that's when you have to make quick decisions. That's when the other team actually is, is trying to hit you and separate you from the puck. So a lot of different situations kind of arise from games to practice. But I, I think Bedard and Taylor Hall could be a really good fit moving forward, whether it's Donato, whether it's somebody else on that wing. Luke Richardson wants to see how that uh, works hard because Donato is a guy that is going to stir things up. He's going to go get pucks. He's going to go in first on the forecheck. He's going to be aggressive, and that kind of will open up some opportunities for the other two guys. Um, Lucas Reichel, I, I thought, quietly was really good in this game as well. He did kind of struggled the face-off circles, and I thought he was doing pretty good. Won one out of uh, seven draws, so you know he'll have to get better at that. Um, but I thought Kurashev, who this is an important year for Kurashev. He's got to come in here and really establish that he can play at the NHL and be a guy that can finish plays. A lot of opportunities last year, didn't finish pucks the way that he needed to, ended up with only nine goals. 
but showed flashes of some really good play. Athanasio, we know that he's got tremendous speed, and if he can finish, you know, some of the plays this year that he had opportunities on last year, even though he did have 20 goals. I mean, you know, you're looking mid 20s, maybe up to 30, uh, in the situation that he's going to be playing, and encountered a lot more offensively. And I agree with you when you look at the and 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 trust me. This is no disrespect to Patrick Kane or Jonathan Taves because I love those two guys and what they did was incredible. But they needed to move on from those two personalities inside the locker room. And it was tough to do. It was a really tough decision. But now you have to, you have other players that are going to take control of that locker room and take control of the leadership roles moving forward. And that's why, you know, when Kane and Taves were there, you kind of deferred to them. You kind of mentioned it. You kind of deferred to those two guys inside the room because they've accomplished so much. They've done so much. They're two of the best players in the history of this franchise. But you, you have to find yourself in a position where at some point you, you need a, a new voice inside the room. And that's the decision that they made. They wanted to rebuild this thing from the ground up and, and have a different voice moving forward. And, and I think when you've got guys like Felino and Corey Perry and then the young guys that you know, are going to be here for a long time. It, it it took Patrick Kane a long time to kind of embrace how good he was in this league and, and, and how he needed to be. At the end of his tenure here with the Blackhawks, I, I thought he was one of the better leaders that I've seen in a long time. But he wasn't that way when he first came in. But he learned through the culture, through the way that this team was developed. And that's what you want to see from Connor Bedard. Um, you know, coming in here, Lucas Reichel in the same situation. Some of these young guys, and boy, you know, we haven't even touched the, the defense yet, but I really like what I'm seeing in a lot of ways. Uh, top six could be very, really good if everybody performs the way that they need to. And Bedard and, and Lucas Reichel at 18 and 21, if those are your two corner pieces moving forward with everybody else that the Blackhawks have in their prospect pool, things are looking pretty good. We now welcome in Nick Lardis, who was drafted by the Blackhawks this year to the post-game show. Nick, your thoughts on everything Troy just said? No, no, yeah, it was uh, it was awesome. I mean, uh, you know, the first game there, first taste in the NHL was unbelievable, and you know the pace was really fast, and obviously it was kind of a sold-out crowd there, so it was awesome to kind of get my first taste in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, how much fun was that? Uh, it was a dream. Uh, I thought I was dreaming in warm-ups, honestly, just kind of. You know, skating around with the Blackhawks jersey and all those guys, you know, Hall, you know, <laughs> Seth Jones, all those guys kind of skating around me. It was, uh, you know, it just felt like a dream, honestly. Yeah. And, and Nick, how hard is it for you to separate the fact that you're, you're sitting there with Ty- Taylor Hall, who's a, you know, former MVP, Seth Jones. Um, you look at a guy like Connor Bedard, who's the same age as you are, but, you know, a lot more notoriety coming in there. Just sitting inside the locker room, absorbing really what it is like in the NHL. How overwhelming is that? Or is that something you can deal with? Yeah, no, it's something I can deal with for sure. I think it's, it's um, you know, I have a good habit of just kind of picking up little things of, you know, what they do and, you know, why they do it and why they're successful on the ice. And, uh, you know, even just sitting beside Taylor Hall in the dressing room today, just kind of learning from him and how it's like in preseason and during the year. And, um, you know, just I think that's just really important if you want to kind of make it to the next level, which, you know, I'm trying to do right now. And I think just kind of learning from those guys that have, you know, had success at the next level. So, yeah, it was great. You were on the same line as Connor Bedard in the prospect showcase game. You, you played on the ice with him tonight. What most impresses you about his game? I think just, you know, I think everyone out there can pass the puck. Everyone can, you know, obviously a shot's unbelievable, but I think the biggest thing is just, you know, his confidence out there. He's not, you know, he's not afraid to to make the risky plays out there and, and just kind of the way he skates too, the way he, you know, creates space in, in the offensive zone and even just, you know, the little plays that he makes, you know, are just 
that even just go unnoticed too. Even on that, you know, OT, that sauce to Anthony CO2 is just unbelievable. So I think just having the confidence to do that, you know, even as a, you know, 18-year-old coming into the NHL as your first year with a lot of pressure, I think just the confidence that he has is unbelievable. If you look at what we were talking about just before, you probably heard some of the comments there, what it means to have two guys like a Nick Foligno and a Corey Perry, 35 and 38 years of age, doing what they do. I know that they're great inside the locker room. They're, they're you know, guys that appreciate what it takes to play in the NHL. They know what it takes to play in the NHL. And both of these guys at their age don't have to prove a whole lot in the preseason. And yet here you have Corey Perry and Nick Foligno jumping into situations where they knew that they had to, and it's the right thing to do. How meaningful is that into the inside that locker room to the group of young guys like yourself? No, yeah, it's unbelievable. I think just even them playing in preseason and, and just them providing the leadership they do, not just on the ice, but just even in the room, you know, keeping us calm in there and, and making sure that we're kind of ready to go for, for every single period. And, yeah, I know those guys have, you know, played a lot of a lot of games in the NHL. I think I think Corey Perry, I think, played his first game in the NHL before I was born too. So <laughs> how, much, how long they've been in the league. So, yeah, no, it's great to just learn from those guys and, and uh, you know, just help your game as well. So, yeah, it was awesome tonight. Have you told them that? No, uh, I told a couple guys on the team. They just laughed about it. But no, I don't want to. I don't want to make him feel old, even though he's you know he's pretty young still. So, um, but yeah, no, he's. They're all everyone. All the older guys, you know, provide great leadership, and, and they're agreeing the room top. Even all Nick, we too. we have no idea what happens moving forward. Whether you're here, whether you get sent back to juniors, um, but if you do get sent back to juniors, what do you take out of this moving forward to help you get into the NHL? next year, later this year, whatever it takes? Yeah, I think just the biggest thing is making sure you're doing the little things, not just even on the ice, but off the ice. I think just, you know, looking at all the leaders on the team, all the vets, um, you know, even just the little things they do off the ice to really help prepare and make them successful when they come on the ice. I think that's something I've really picked out, not just, you know, Perry and Felina, but even Hall, Seth Jones, you know, all those guys, the way they... You know, prepare for games, you know, it's it's pretty easy to kind of go out there and play your game when you're that prepared. So I think that was uh, kind of a big thing that, that I kind of uh, pointed out to myself uh, these last couple of days. Do you have a lot of friends and family tuned in? Uh, yeah, no, a lot of my friends, I told them I was going to be playing today, so a lot of my friends from school, uh, you know, were watching. And I told my dad I was playing last night, and he, my mom and my dad kind of flew down today. So, uh, yeah, no, it's cool. Did you get oh, to spend time with them? Um, I haven't seen him yet. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe right after this, I'll kind of see him. But yeah, that's pretty cool that they were able to come in and watch this game, and and hopefully in the near future they'll be able to come down and watch your first regular season game. Yeah, I mean that's the dream. Uh, it was also obviously pretty cool to have them here today in a preseason game. So yeah, that's kind of the next step is to have them here in a in an actual regular season game. So yeah, that's the goal. All right, well we'll try to get you uh, some time so you can actually hang out with them. Nick, congratulations. Best of luck. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that, it. That is Nick Lardis. And uh, Troy, just a, a good day. A lot of positives to pull from. Any final thoughts about this one? Well, it, it, it's pretty much what you would kind of hope for. It wasn't like the most exciting game. And, and you know, for St. Louis, they didn't have their top guys. And the Blackhawks uh, didn't dress some of their players as well. And they're trying to figure out what their best look is moving forward. Um, with three games and four nights coming up here, there's some guys that are going to get opportunities. And, you know, like uh, a guy like Nick, 18 years of age, you know, he's hoping he gets into another game. But if he doesn't, he's got a taste of what it uh, means to play in the NHL. And that's kind of what the preseason is all about, getting guys like Connor Bedard adjusted to what it takes to play at the NHL level. And it's certainly not going to be like it is in the regular season. And then you go into a different animal in the postseason 
Um, but you have to start somewhere. And for Nick, just talking about you know being a sponge and listening to Nick Felino and Corey Perry and Taylor Hall sitting next to him, you know that's pretty special. And for you know an 18 year old kid to come in here and not be overwhelmed, like he said, and, and understand what he needs to take out of here, what he needs to do off the ice to train. You know, when you look at the younger players, and, and Connor Bedard's kind of a, an exception here because he's in such great shape and, and a workout free kind of thing. A lot of players don't understand really how hard it is and what you have to do and basically devote your life to being better um, at the NHL level because if you don't, you're going to get surpassed because that's just the way it is. The off-season training is incredible. And, and for these guys to come in, prospect camp, training camp, getting them to know each other. And this group of young guys, you know, they're going to grow together and they're going to be in the organization for a lot of years. And whether you start in Rockford, whether you make it to the NHL right away, you know, there's a building process that's going on here. And for a guy like Nick Lardis, it's really important that they embrace this opportunity, understand what this means to their career moving forward. And just to step on the ice, have his parents here. I mean, that is a, that's a milestone in itself. And it's just the first step of many. I hear you. Troy, a lot of fun stuff today. Hopefully a very fun year. Great to be back and great to have you back. Well, you know, I love working with you and John, so it's step one in a, in a long season this year, and hopefully things are, are going to go smoothly. Never, Nothing ever goes smoothly, but <laughs> heads no, in the right us. direction, and, and we have a lot of excitement. I think we've got a lot of reasons to be excited this year. Absolutely. All right, Troy, great stuff as always. We'll talk to you in a couple of days. Yep, sounds good. All right, that is Troy Murray. He and John Weidman on the call tonight as the Blackhawks take down the St. Louis Blues in the first preseason game. 2-1 to one in overtime. A lot of great stuff from Nick Lardis. A lot of great stuff from Troy Murray. Wanted to, wanted to get into a few more things um, and also want to get to your calls. 312-981-7200. You can call us and you can text us. Again, I do want to get to that clip of Nolan Allen, or excuse me, uh, Alex Flasick from earlier this year about the transitioning of the leadership in this Blackhawks dressing room and why Taves and Kane no longer being here can benefit the younger core in a very specific way. We'll get into it. We'll get to Leo and Albuquerque when we come back, and that as well. Blackhawks postgame show, 720 WGN. Nick Ritchie put it up the boards for Mishak. He's flattened by a body check, and now Corey Perry of the Hawks jumps on the Blues player who hit Mishak, and Perry pulls the Blues player down. I don't have a number yet. Looks like Hunter Skinner. Yeah, he said, you can't do that to one of our younger players. Good for Corey Perry. Stick it up for a teammate there. Corey Perry is tonight's player with the most heart, which is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine. Coming to defend Martin Misiak and throwing the hands with Hunter Skinner. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. Hawks beat the Blues 2-1 to in overtime tonight. Their first preseason game, their first preseason victory. The St. Louis Blues moved to 2-2-0 in the preseason. Yes, this was the fourth preseason game for the St. Louis Blues. They have eight this year. The Blackhawks have six. And the Hawks actually were the last team in the NHL to start their preseason. But clearly... Uh, a lot of hard work paid off during training camp and during all those practices as they come out and shine in this 2-1 overtime victory. Let's get to Leo in Albuquerque. He's been patiently waiting for over 20 minutes. Leo, we appreciate you hanging on. The goaltender, right? How's it going, Leo? Hey, how's it going? I've been waiting longer than 20 minutes. I've been waiting all summer. <laughs> it's good to hear you all. And uh, I just want to give a shout-out to Kyle Davidson. He put together a hell of a roster in my opinion 
so many teams squander a uh, top prospect, but he uh, he seemed to have gotten a couple of great veterans with Perry and Fogolino to mentor him and to uh, teach him the right way in the NHL. What do you think? I, I, ho- I wholeheartedly agree. Leo, let me ask you really quick. Were you a fan of the Corey Perry signing before this game? Because a lot of Blackhawks fans are obviously not too fond of Corey Perry. Um, I was not fond of Corey Perry before he signed. When he signed, I became a diehard fan. <laughs> that sounds good. Leo, thank you very much for patiently waiting, and great to have you back. Y'all have a wonderful night, all right? That is Leo in Albuquerque. If you'd like to join in, 312-981-7200. You can call or you could text as we recap this 2-1 to overtime victory over the St. Louis Blues. Uh, yeah, obviously it raised a lot of eyebrows when Kyle Davidson went ahead and signed Corey Perry. Uh, obviously, the Taylor Hall-Nick Foligno trade with uh, Ian Mitchell going over the Boston Bruins, that brought in a couple of things. Brings in the leadership from both guys, really, but but especially Nick Foligno. And I'm sure that Luke Richardson had his fingerprints on that move as well because he was actually teammates with Nick Foligno back when Nick Foligno was 19 years old and Luke Richardson was towards the end of his career uh, on the Ottawa Senators. But a lot of different guys have had just great things to say about Nick Foligno. He's a former captain. And when you look at the leadership of this team this year, I mean, look at the four guys that wore the A tonight. Seth Jones and Connor Murphy. No surprise there. They were wearing A's last season. But then Nick Foligno and Corey Perry. Nick Foligno's not too much of a shock, but Corey Perry is a little bit. And as much as I was surprised to hear that, it also makes sense to me of how the Blackhawks are looking for different types of leaders with this new core, with this new team. They made it very clear that there's not going to be a captain this season, and a big aspect of that is to respect what Jonathan Taves did here. I think that is the right move. Could a guy like Seth Jones wear the C? Yeah. Could a guy like Connor Murphy wear the C? Absolutely. I could definitely see both those guys being the captain of the Chicago Blackhawks. Clearly, there's an opportunity and an idea that that will eventually be Connor Bedard. So how complicated would it be to give somebody the captain this year and then if you are ready to hand the captain to Connor Bedard in a year or two years or three years, what's that conversation look like when you've got to pull away the C? It, it probably doesn't happen. Either way, it's, it's a lot of hypotheticals. But the other thing to keep in mind is Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, although not really available right now, could technically be signed by the Blackhawks. Kyle Davidson has made this very clear that it's time for a new era. It's time for a new leadership core. I was talking to Alex Vlasic earlier today after morning skate about this type of thing. It started with a conversation about where his confidence is at in this round of training camp as he's now more of an NHL regular. Well, I feel really confident. I think a lot of it is just, you know, comfort level. Like you said last year, I just remember being pretty nervous, like, you know, every day at practice, just trying to, like, not make mistakes and stuff. And I think this year it's not really an issue for me. I'm just kind of trying to push myself and, you know, figure out where, where I can be best. And it's just been it's been a lot more fun this year, I think. A lot less stress. You know, a lot of the coaching staff has talked about younger guys just getting vocal. Do you feel like you've been a lot more vocal this year? Yeah, I think so. I think having uh, some younger guys in the locker room, it definitely makes me feel a little bit 
uh, more comfortable. You know, not as intimidating with like Kane and Taser and those guys around. So I feel like I can, yeah, open up a little bit more. Kind of like you said, be a little bit more vocal and be myself. So it's it's been nice. Yeah, it, it is an interesting point because the, the leadership here. I mean, you still have Jones, you still have Murphy, but then to have guys who were leaders elsewhere brought into here, what's that dynamic like? It seems like you guys have a lot of different voices. They're all influential, but a lot of different voices. Yeah, I think it's a it's a really good thing. It's been uh, it's been exciting kind of seeing you know guys that I've been watching since I was a kid. You know, Corey Perry. I can remember just being like 12 years old watching him on the TV, and so it, it's really surreal in that sense. But yeah, it's cool to kind of get guys from from other teams and see you know what they've been doing, where they where they've been, and obviously having Murph and Jonesy here, they're great leaders as well. So it is kind of cool to see the different types of uh, leadership roles that guys are taking on, and definitely trying to pick up as much as I can from the from the older guys. Do you like become a fanboy at all when talking to Corey Perry? Not so much anymore. I think he, he's been here uh, a little bit before in the summer as well. So I kind of I got that out of the way. I think before camp came came in here. So, but yeah, I mean it's still so cool. I, I feel like it hasn't really sunk in for me yet. Just like the fact that I'm playing on the same ice as him. It's it's just it's just weird. Yeah, but it's it's awesome. Will it be like one of those things like hey, you know, what was it like with Solani and things like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, well, I talked to uh, Felino a couple weeks ago. I asked him like who's the best player he's ever played with, and he said like Kovalev. And I was thinking to myself like, there's no way this guy was like around on Kovalev. You know what I mean? And I, it's just like kind of opened my eyes a little bit, and just it's, it's so cool to be able to play with guys who have been in the league for so long and they're doing everything the right way. So, uh, yeah, I'm super grateful for that. That's the second jab that we've heard about Corey Perry's age. Nick Lardis, one of the younger guys, was our post game guest, and he mentioned. I think he said he. He was born after Corey Perry's first game in the NHL, and uh, Alex Vlasic throwing shot as well. Uh, we're going to get to Mark in a minute, but I just really want to recap what Alex Vlasic said, and, and Troy hinted at this too. This is nothing to take away from what Taves and Kane did here. Obviously great leaders. Obviously the two most important pieces of the Blackhawks dynasty and three Stanley Cups. And that's not even to say that it's the wrong decision to not go ahead and make something work for Taves or Kane to come back this year. It's just a reason why. Kyle Davidson has been very clear about how he wants a new era to take over, a new Blackhawks leader to come forth, and this is the best way he believes for that to happen naturally. I think so far you've got to believe that. You've got to give that the benefit of the doubt because there's a young kid, a young defenseman in this system right now that is saying that it's working. And I think our guy Mark is a big fan of what we're seeing from the Blackhawks early on as well. Mark, you say this is a beginning of a great season. How what makes you think that? Uh, you won't believe how much importance the Blackhawks are to a lot of people's lives. And uh, they changed, you know, they, they brought... Uh, they were they influenced me on the Olympics and everything on writing about the Olympics and everything else and a lot of the Blackhawk players and um, I think this shifted to the the hockey capital of the world is now Chicago and it's I mean a lot of great fans out there and we are the happiest bunch on earth and uh, thanks to Bedard and uh, um, the Wirtz family to bring in a lot of these uh, players back um, you have a great team here in the next fifteen twenty years we're going to have a super team and. Um, thank you very much. That's all I have to say. No problem, Mark. Hey, that's that's a lot of positivity there. Uh, maybe let's pump the brakes a little bit, but but I really appreciate uh, all the positivity that you bring there. Again, 312-981-7200 if you'd like to join us. Blackhawks beat the Blues 
Two to one in overtime. Again, a Connor Bedard feed to Andreas Athanasiu. Second assist for Connor Bedard tonight. Again, the first goal was kind of just a mashup in front of the net. Philip Kurashev being credited with the goal. Uh, but so many positives to pull from tonight. Kevin Korchinski, a great game defensively. Uh, Seth Jones got a new flex on his stick. We saw him taking a lot more shots like a wrister, not so much like the slap shot. That's exactly what he said he was going to do. Uh, Connor Bedard doing good in the face-off circle. As I quickly look at it, 62.5% from the face-off circle tonight. The Blackhawks won in shots on goal, hits, and they actually doubled the St. Louis Blues in blocks. 18-9, to nine. and again, okay, first game of the preseason. This is clearly not the entire St. Louis Blues roster that we would see in the NHL. And that's not even to say that here we come playoffs. I understand this is still a rebuild for the Blackhawks. I hope you understand that too. Fact of the matter is, a lot of changes this offseason, a lot of things to be excited for, and on the first showing of display of that, a lot of that came to fruition. So hopefully that can continue. We'll break this down a little bit more. We'll recap this one, get you set up for the next Blackhawks pregame show. Again, Hawks beat the Blues 2-1 to in overtime. You're listening to the Blackhawks postgame show, 720 WGN. Connor Bernard at center ice on the right wing. Put it in over the line. Athanasio in front with the back, and he scores! Hawks win in overtime! Andreas Athanasio led the Hawks in goals last season with 20 one. The Hawks beat the St. Louis Blues 2-1, to one, and Connor Bedard with the primary assist factored in on both Blackhawk goals here tonight. He sends them home happy. Hawks win their first preseason game 2-1. to one. Our own John Weideman on the call. A 2-1 overtime winner over the St. Louis Blues. The preseason has begun. It's hockey season here in Chicago. And it probably comes at a fortunate time. A lot of sports fans here in the city having a rough go at it, especially as of late. But so far, the Bedard mania that has hit Chicago has really paid off. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show, 720 WGN. We're taking you up to 11 o'clock, so we're going to cram in as much as we can. Jack Heinrich is back from the media room. We're going to hopefully hear from Connor Bedard before this show comes to an end. Just a couple of the things to point out. Bedard with two assists tonight. The goals by Philip Kurishev and Andreas Athanasiu. I, for one, am very intrigued to see how the line of Kurishev, Reichel, and Athanasiu does this season because there's going to be a lot of emphasis on all those guys, mainly Lucas Reichel. This is his third year in the NHL, but really his first consistent year in the NHL. And the front office has declared that they see him as a center So he's going to hopefully take a big stride this year, uh, shooting the puck, making things work offensively on the line. We we saw a very aggressive shoot-first mentality coming from him in training camp. He had two goals in the first scrimmage of training camp. And even Troy Murray, after that first game, said that he thought Reichel was the best guy on the ice on that day. Um, But guys like Philip Kurashev and Andreas Athanasiu kind of had streaky years last season. Luke Richardson had had a difficult time trying to figure out the right recipe with Andreas Athanasiu. Athanasiu really seemed to take off towards the end of the year. Philip Kurashev is a guy that the Hawks organization seems to keep a really high ceiling on, and he gets rewarded with signing a contract with the Hawks this upcoming year. 
but they do want to see more production coming from him offensively. So if Lucas Reichel can be the center stage of that line, and listen, things can tweak, things can change. It's a long hockey season. That's possible. But if they get off to a good start, they gain some confidence, that can also just really put a good feeling into the depth of the Blackhawks forwards. You're going to rely on Bedard. You're here. You're going to have to rely on Bedard. You're going to have to rely on Lucas Reichel in order for the future of this Blackhawks organization to be successful. Guys like Philip Kurashev and some of these other younger um, depth pieces offensively are the extra pieces. Kyle Davidson has said, just because the Blackhawks landed Connor Bedard doesn't mean the rebuild's over. Let's compete for the Stanley Cup. He understands that it takes more than one player to get things in motion and become a Stanley Cup contender. That's what he's trying to do in all these future drafts. That's why he continues to accumulate draft picks whenever he can. And that's also why he's not just jumping the gun by signing as many flashy players for big contracts as he can. He's building a team. He's trying to instill a good culture in the locker room. And that also starts with Luke Richardson. I mean, still very, very impressed with what Luke Richardson was able to do last year. It's going to be really fun to see how that can improve this season. We're going to take one last break. We're hopefully going to hear from Connor Bedard when we come back. Hawks beat the Blues in overtime 2-1 from the United Center in the first preseason game on 720 WGN. If you would like to earn 19% guarantee on your money in the next 12 months with no fees and no risk of your principal, you're going to want to contact us today. Hi, I'm Stephen E. John with Advisors Ignite, and since 1985, we have moved over $5 billion into these retirement plans. We can transfer your IRAs, 401ks, brokerage accounts, CDs, and old underperforming annuities into these retirement saving plans today. Our clients are looking for income growth or both, and they don't want to pay any fees, and they don't want to risk their money in the stock market. We have access to a documentary called The Baby Boomer Dilemma, created by two Nobel Prize winners and the who's who in the financial world that explain the strategy in detail. Call 855-755-BOOM or visit boomerdocumentary.com right now to get your free copy. We sell sleep insurance. We can turn your retirement accounts into a guaranteed paycheck for life. Call 855-755-BOOM or visit boomerdocumentary.com. That's boomerdocumentary.com. Homeowners, experiencing low water pressure, rusty yellow water, little to no hot water, or pressure so low that showering is difficult? Honey, don't flush. I'm in the shower. These are all symptoms of clogged and corroded galvanized water pipes that are filled with gunk older than you. You should see it. It's disgusting. You drink it, brush your teeth with it, and bathe in it. Yuck. For your family's sake, repipe your home with quality PEX or copper pipes from All Affordable Plumbing. We're your local, family-owned and operated repiping expert. We can repipe your home in one to three days with minimal disturbance, and we include a lifetime guarantee. And for a limited time, we're offering 12 months no interest, no payment financing, and a free water heater. So if you have low water pressure, call for a free in-home estimate at 800-NEW-PIPE or visit allaffordable.org. That's 800-NEW-PIPE or visit allaffordable.org. Affordable.org. If you have low water pressure, a copper repipe will get you flowing again. Call for a free estimate at 800 New Pipe. That's 800 New Pipe. For breaking legal news on the hottest issues, tune into Legal Faceoff on WGNRadio.com. Hosted by Rich Lenkoff and Tina Martini and brought to you by McCorkle Litigation Services. And when you tune into the Legal Faceoff podcast, stick around for the Legal Grab Bag. It's a fun time. 
Speaking of fun times, it was fun at the United Center tonight. 2-1 winner in overtime for the Blackhawks over the St. Louis Blues. Their next game will be against the Minnesota Wild. That's on Saturday up in St. Paul. A 6 o'clock puck drop. There won't be a pregame show that day once again. Uh, and our own Jack Heinrichs going to be filling in on intermission and postgame show. So stick around for that. That'll be a fun time. That is our next game preview, which is sponsored by Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time. Connor Bedard had two assists in his first preseason game as a Chicago Blackhawk. Let's hear from 98. So how did it feel out there? Um, it was good. Um, it was a lot of fun to get out there. Uh, I thought it was a really cool moment kind of going on the ice for the first time. I would see the anthem and, and everything. And um, it's a bit of a scrambly game, I thought. Not really much flow, but I think that's, you know, us getting into it. And um, yeah, personally, I think I got, got a lot better. Did anything surprise you, the speed, pace, any of that, or were you kind of expecting it to be? Um, I don't know about surprise. Um, maybe just kind of, obviously less room, but um, that's nothing that I didn't expect. So uh, just kind of get used to it here. It's good we have some more preseason. Walk us through that uh, that game winner of half of the series. Yeah, I mean, I saw he was half his own behind the guy, and I was 100% sure he was going to beat him. So um, he can fly, and uh, yeah, just kind of tried to lay one in there, and he made a really nice play. So yeah. It looked like in overtime you just avoided making eye contact with the bench a couple times to stay on. <laughs> Did you just want to stay out there until it ended? Yeah, I like hockey, so uh, <laughs> I want to be on the ice, try to circle the, the face off that a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I play three-on-three three probably five, six days a week in the summer with uh, everyone back home, so uh, it's probably the most fun thing in my life. So, uh, yeah, I didn't want to get off. During the anthem, everybody else is standing straight, and I saw you shifting back and forth. Is that something you normally do, or were those, like, excitement jitters or anything like that? Yeah, just kind of what I always do. Um, obviously, it was, it, was, it was really cool, though. Um, that was, I mean, people were telling me about it, and that's probably half of what it is at a regular season or even playoff game, of course. So, um, yeah, it was, that was pretty special, and for us to get the turnout we did from the fans is awesome. How did it feel in the face-off circle? I thought I did pretty good. Um, yeah, I was obviously Thomas a lot of the night, and um, he changed it up a lot, which kind of is something that I got to get used to. Of, you know, he's going to do a lot of different things, kind of everyone in the league. They're, they're so smart and, and everything. But overall, I don't know what my percentage was, but I um, felt like I won a, a decent amount. Yeah, and then also, well, again, 62.5% from the face-off circle was Connor Bedard tonight. But they were talking about that long shift he had in overtime. He was out there on the ice for quite some time. He, he was a little gassed. He was doing everything he could to get off, but um, shortly after that is when he fed Andreas Athanasiou. So it just goes to show you the gamesmanship and the competitive spirit that that kid has. Uh, some quick extra texts before we sign things off in the 708. I saw this game. Oh, sorry. Hey, Joe, it's been a while, but how about that win? Nothing but positives I saw from this game. Everyone played great. I loved how Corey Perry stood up for Misiak. Kurashev looked great and Bedard with two big assists. We know that this year will be fun to watch. And from the 779 area code, the Wells family, welcome back, Joe, John, and Troy. Let's go Blackhawks. I still don't like Kyle Davidson. We're going to have to keep an eye on that one with the Wells family and see how that thought continues for the rest of the year. Again, a 2-1 winner for the Blackhawks over the St. Louis Blues here at the United Center. Blackhawks hockey has been sponsored by Sitco. When you start with Sitco, you're good to go. United Airlines, Anheuser-Busch, Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time, and Northwestern Medicine. A 2-1 winner for the Chicago Blackhawks over the St. Louis Blues in overtime. 
Connor Bedard setting up Andreas Athanasiu. Big thanks to John and Troy for the call. Jack Heinrich here at the studios. Ben Anderson, Brendan Rook, and Brett Jackson helping us out as well. David Jennings has your news next. After that, it's Raleigh James. Next broadcast on Saturday as the Blackhawks take on the Minnesota Wild. Have a great rest of your Thursday night, everybody. You've been listening to Chicago Blackhawks Hockey on Blackhawks Radio, 720 WGN. Streaming on WGNRadio.com and smart devices everywhere.